Hey, you're listening to the Burnt Out Entrepreneur Podcast, where you'll learn why you're feeling so burnt out, some insights and hacks to get you along this entrepreneurial journey. I'm Kylie Yotel, former oil and gas manager, turned health coach, life coach, and business mentor for female entrepreneurs just like you and help them heal and recover from burnout. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Burnt Out Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Kylie Ota, and today we're going to be talking about something that is crucial when we're dealing with burnout, especially in entrepreneurship, and that is energy management. In a previous episode, we talked about time management, which of course is important for us as entrepreneurs, but more importantly than that, we need to learn how to manage our energy and combine how we manage our time, how we manage our energy is really going to make the most of what we have going on in the day-to-day operation, right? So today we're going to be diving into my PEMS framework, which is, this is an acronym for physical emotional, mental, and spiritual energies. And we're going to relate those PEMs to each archetype. So each archetype has a specific energy type that kind of lays them out. And we're going to be talking about why each energy type affects each archetype in that specific way. Specific. So It's also related to the four quadrants of time on the time wheel, which time is another acronym, T-I-M-E. It's time, ideas, money, and energy. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to timemanagementprinciple.com. Okay, so first off, what is PEMS? And how does it relate to your archetypes? So physical energy, right? Physical energy refers to our overall level of vitality and physical well-being. So all the physical aspects, right? Exercise, sleep, nutrition, and just overall health in general. E, emotional. It focuses on understanding and managing our emotions effectively. And this includes emotional intelligence, self-awareness, and maintaining healthy relationships. Emphasis on healthy. We're going to get more into that in a second. Mental energy. So mental energy refers to our cognitive abilities, executive functioning, concentration, mental clarity, focus, right? All of the things that we think we need as an entrepreneur, which we do, because I say, as a CEO, our brains are our biggest asset in our business. And we're going to be talking about how to really challenge your mind and stimulate the learning process. And last but not least, spiritual energy, which centers around a sense of purpose, the meaning of life. Why did you start this business? And really connecting to something greater than yourself. For me, as a Christian, my greater person is God. And if God's not your person, right, I'm sure you have a person that you're doing this business with. God is my source, but I also am doing this business for my husband, my children, my puppy, (laughs) things that are important to me. And the way that we can express our spiritual energy or the ways that it is expressed is through religion, sometimes nature, right? If you're more um, non-religious type or just whatever your personal beliefs and values are, that's how we can connect to our spiritual energy. So how does this relate 
to each archetype? Well, I'm glad you asked. So we're going to start off with the powerhouse again. And because the powerhouse is a very dominant personality, right, she's characterized by her intense drive and constant need for achievement, right? success. And this is on the time wheel, the powerhouse quadrant overlaps with the money quadrant. And because she's so driven by money, I'm using air quotes, but it's really the success and how she appears to be successful, right? She's susceptible to physical energy drain because of her ambitious nature, right? She wants to go, go, go. She's trying to get to that next level of success, but it also leads for her to burnout. And what she needs to do is really maintain a healthy balance with everything that's going on in her life. And so some of the things that she can do as a powerhouse is, right, set realistic goals. And I know you guys have all heard about SMART goals, but really for the powerhouse, getting things done in a realistic time frame and mapping things out. And if you're one of those people that likes to burn the midnight oil on your launches, God bless you. But this is a recipe for burnout. And it's also related to our little T traumas where maybe we've heard voices say like, well, you can't rest until everything's done, right? This is sometimes a driver behind the powerhouse or you know, anything less than an A is no good. So unless you achieve this level of success, then you're a failure, right? A lot of powerhouses, while they look very confident on the outside, they're really dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome because they're like, they're chasing their own shadow. So for these people, they have to set realistic goals. In a realistic time frame. what can you actually get done? And anything outside of that really should be delegated. And out of all of the archetypes, the powerhouse is usually the first to delegate because they realize that you know they are a powerhouse and they get way much more ROI, bang for their buck, money, right? back to the money quadrant if they outsource. So I don't have to tell you twice, but when you are outsourcing, so powerhouses are usually the first to build a team. So when you are building your team, make sure that you and how you're driving your team is not burning your team out because that's where you have high levels of turnover and attrition on your team. And it takes so much energy to train up a good person. So retention for your team is a must. So again, setting realistic goals, not only for yourself, but also for your team is essential for you as a powerhouse. And that being said, incorporating stress reduction techniques during your day is critical. Well, not super critical, but if you're not incorporating some kind of me time in your day, you will eventually burn out. And it could look as simple as you know, like taking 10 minutes to journal, brain dump, like even just getting a coffee without your phone and just chilling, relaxing, petting the dog, you know, hanging out with your husband, having breakfast, you know. I'm telling you, a lot of my powerhouses, you guys probably don't eat breakfast, right? You're a coffee and go kind of gal. Just taking time for yourself 
and I'm saying this from the point where where you weren't allowed to rest until you achieved your goal, right? I was raised in a household where you couldn't rest until all the chores were done. So I understand this mindset, this concept, well, I cannot rest until everything's done. And that leads me to my last one, prioritizing rest and recovery, especially during launches, especially when there's like a lot of activity, a big sales push, something that's that driving force. It's okay. It's okay to go hard because you as powerhouses, you have the energy, you have the vibe to go hard. Your motto is go big or go home. So I get it. But at the same time, right, you could have a push season and then you could have a play season. Work hard, play hard. So how I've helped my clients deal with this is when we're going through a major launch, making sure that they have some scheduled downtime at the end of a push or a launch because it makes all the difference in the world where they can they can go and then come back refreshed right and an easy way for you to set this up without feeling like you're behind is to set up your post-launch sales sequence and have it working for you in the background. You set up your emails ahead of time so that you're still making money on the back end of your launch without having to work for it. And as a powerhouse, you probably have a team. So set up an SOP, set up a structure, or maybe even hire a project manager to manage your people so that you can go and take a break and reap the fruits of your reward, right? If you're going from mountaintop to mountaintop and it's like, go, 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 and you're not really appreciating the things that you're doing, right? It makes every success that you achieve kind of moot, doesn't it? Right? We have to learn how to appreciate each success that we attain so that success becomes attainable, sustainable, right? And for, for this, the burnout model for you is rest is success. Rest is success. Okay. And um, so this comes from, I learned that concept from a workout dude. And he helps pre-menopausal, post-menopausal women to lose weight because it's harder for us to lose weight as we get older. Right? But he said, you go until you can't, rest until you can. And that's how you lose weight because what he's trying to help those women do is to understand how the hormones are working in their body that is different than a younger 20-year-old body. We're used to going, we're used to, to the caloric deprivation type of weight loss. But for this one, it's rest to success and it's the same thing in your business. Right? We have to rest our brains, we have to rest our bodies because our bodies have to recharge. Our bodies have to get rid of those stress chemicals or stress hormones so that we can maintain a healthy, balanced lifestyle and avoid burnout. Of course, that's the thing that we're talking about here on this podcast. Right? So the next one, we're going to be talking to the popular archetype. And right, so the popular archetype, right, she's known for her social and outgoing nature. And these types of people, they thrive on social interactions, but it also leads them to seek approval and recognition from others. They're out here doing their thing, 
but a lot of it, especially if they are highly empathic, and usually the popular archetypes are highly empathic, right? She's out there with the people doing all the things, and she's also absorbing their energy, their thoughts, their everything that an empath would absorb, right? So while her energy is infectious, and she's well-liked and, you know, there is sometimes that wanting to please others that can drain her. And um, because she's a highly sensitive person, there's probably a lot of energy that she's taking on. And this is how she experiences mental drain. So we're talking about mental energy in this next segment. So because, and so also for the popular archetype, um, overlaid onto the time wheel, you guys have an intense idea generating um, thing going on, right? You love generating a lot of ideas. You have a lot of ideas, but you don't have the energy to execute on them. And your brain is just going and going and going. So what I advise my popular archetype, right? It's okay. You have a lot of ideas and it's okay. Okay. One, we have to find a place to store these ideas. And then once we have our ideas on paper, we have to break each thing down into smaller subtasks. Because similar to the powerhouse, right? The powerhouse would like to run with all of her ideas as well. But as um, the idea generating archetype, you are very, <laughs> you get ideas all the time in the shower, at anywhere you go. So really having a place to harness those ideas is key, putting them down somewhere. And I know because I am also this archetype, if I have a lot of ideas, I'll probably have slips of paper all over my desk. Oh, am I writing on my forearm with a Sharpie? Because ideas come at you so often. One, we have to find a place to capture them. And two, when you're looking at the list of all the things that you want to do, they're like your babies. Each idea is a baby. You don't want to put them down. You don't want to ignore them, which is fine. But as you're trying to do each thing, right, we have to understand that you can't physically do all the things that you get the ideas for. So breaking them down into smaller subtasks can actually help you map out a plan, which I know for popular archetypes, planning is the kiss of death for you. But I'm telling you, breaking it down into smaller steps, especially if it's something outside of your zone of genius, like um, say you have an idea for a new lead magnet, right? you have to do a landing page and web and tech is not your jam. Just write down all the things that you think that you have to do. And then the next thing is outsource. Right? outsourcing anything that's outside of your zone of genius is really going to help you to implement all of these ideas that you have. The powerhouse is very good at knowing when to outsource. But for you as an idea generator, like having distance between you and your ideas, it feels like you're pushing your babies away. But right, if you hire really good people and they have that same kind of idea nurturing quality that you have and they can take care of your baby right? 
Find people that will take care of your idea babies. These are the people that you will outsource to. You don't really want to outsource to someone who doesn't have that soft feminine vibe that you have that can't really like track with you when you're having all of these ideas germinate and sprout and you need someone to assist you to catch all of these ideas, put them somewhere so that you can keep running with your idea generating energy. And then also on the flip side of that, the shadow side is because you have a lot of ideas and you don't get a lot of them done, sometimes the way that imposter syndrome shows up for you is a lot of negative self-talk. And um, again, because you're very um, cognitive, like a lot of stuff is happening for you mentally, negative self-talk, too many thoughts happening at once. So there's negative self-talk that will happen, right? So you can, anytime you have something negative, right, you can challenge it with something positive. And it's something that I learned from a Bible study that I was in where they have you write down all your challenges and then find a verse in the Bible that actually counteracts those things, right? And on the flip side, right, you want to avoid ruminating. Like I said, your ideas run wild, but it can also, while it can you know, run wild in the positive, it can also run wild in the negative. So you want to avoid ruminating. You want to avoid worrying, excessive worrying, excessively doubting yourself, um, or even worrying about the future. This is going to cause you such mental drain. So some of the things that you can do is journal it out or verbally process them with someone. And, and as a popular archetype, you guys probably need to verbally process with others. So find a friend who won't be like, oh my gosh, like every time you, oh my gosh, there she goes again. No, you want to find someone who appreciates your verbal processing. And then when you can't verbally process with someone, have a dedicated journal to just to write out your thoughts. And there's this thing called morning pages that you can do. It's something that, it's not my idea, it's not my concept, but I've taught it to my clients where it's just a stream of consciousness journaling. And it starts as simply as looking at something at your desk. Um, I have this really cute angel thing here. Oh, example would be, oh, this is a really cute angel. I really like its wings. And I love how the little face is like this happy face. She looks so happy. And it's just random, totally random stream of consciousness. And the reason why it's called morning pages is because you write at least three to five pages in the morning, kind of get everything out of your brain so that you can get all of these thoughts, the nagging thoughts, the, the unimportant thoughts, because you have a lot of ideas. So you can get to the good stuff. You can get to the stuff that's lying underneath that's kind of being masked by all of these um extra thoughts that you're having so that's all of these things are ways for the popular archetype to help kind of harness that mental energy and avoid mental energy drain so the next one that we're going to be talking about is the philanthropist and this person is characterized by their nurturing and supporting nature however their tendency to be overly concerned about others' opinions can lead to an emotional energy drain and burnout. So philanthropist for you, 
emotional energy drain is your is your bag and this is because as a supporting energy you really thrive on the approval and recognition from others as you are doing your work right it's oh am i doing a good job and also like when you post on social media you're the type that's going to go look to see any engagement any likes any comments because um that need for approval is very strong for your archetype because of your supportive nature right and this puts you at risk for an emotional energy drain i'm not saying that the other archetypes don't saying that because of your philanthropic nature you know an emotional drain is really high for your archetype so How can we protect our emotional energy as philanthropists? The biggest one, number one, set boundaries. And of course, with all the other archetypes, I teach my clients how to set boundaries, but specifically for the philanthropist, boundaries are number one because you've been giving, giving, giving your whole life. And you have a tendency to people please. So setting boundaries is super important for you. And like I explained to a client, right? boundaries are only boundaries if you let the other person know that there's a boundary there. Right? It's telling your it's like expecting your kids not to touch the hot stove if you don't tell them that the stove is hot and there are consequences for them touching a hot stove. Right. Or if you expect your kids to be home when the sun goes down, but you never tell them that that's the boundary, but yet you get mad when they cross that boundary and, and they're like, but I didn't know. It's the same thing with the other people in your life. You have to tell people what the boundary line is. Otherwise, sorry to say you have no, um, you have no leg to stand on when you're angry at them for crossing what is to them an invisible boundary, right? It's like having an invisible fence and people are walking on and off your lawn. And you're like, hey, get off my lawn. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. There's no fence. So setting those boundaries means making sure that the people that you're setting a boundary with also know that there is an actual boundary okay uh next thing is to um seek authentic relationship right? so it goes without saying the people who keep stepping over your boundaries they don't respect you especially after you've told them the boundary right in the beginning you don't, you can't expect everyone to remember your boundary, especially if it's something verbally that you stated, how you want them to treat you. Say, um, don't call me after 10 p.m., but they keep calling you after 10 p.m. and you stay up on the phone to 1 a.m. and you can't go to the gym in the morning, right? And they keep stepping on your boundary. One, if you keep letting them in, then that's on you. But also if they keep encroaching on your boundary, are these people that you really want to have in your life that they don't respect your boundaries, right? So you want to make sure that you seek authentic relationships, especially because, because you have such a supportive 
nature. You're super thoughtful. You think of things for people before they even know that they need it. So you're like, oh, here, here's a bottle of water. Oh my gosh, how did you know I was thirsty? But for you, you're like, well, we've been hiking for two hours and you brought an extra bottle of water for them just in case they didn't bring one for themselves, which if you're partnered up with a popular archetype, sometimes the too much thoughts going on for them, they forget a lot of things, all right? As the thoughtful person, you brought them a bottle of water and you're like, I'm thirsty. They must be thirsty. Why don't I offer them something to drink? So we want to make sure that we have symbiotic relationships where it's a mutually beneficial relationships inside of our inner circle. And that's really important for you as a philanthropist to have an inner circle of people that you can trust, people that you can lean on because everyone is leaning on you for support because of your supportive nature. You need your own people who have your back that you can lean on. And this is why I'm saying you need to really seek out authentic relationships. Okay? Last but not least, prioritizing self-care. And every archetype, every person should be prioritizing self-care, but I'm stressing this for the philanthropists specifically because prioritizing self-care is the last on your list because you're, you know, you're always putting everybody first. So taking time for one, um, on the time wheel, the philanthropist overlaps with the time um, section of the time wheel because time is the hardest resource for you to maintain. People are always trying to take some of your time. And this is not in my notes, but what I wanted to add right here is doing a time audit is highly beneficial for you. So go back and listen to um, the time episode before this and really look at where your time is being spent. And you need to document what um, we call emergent tasks, tasks that just pop up out of nowhere. And because usually for the philanthropist, these are not your tasks. This is because you're a supportive person and you're the person that everybody calls Oh, I have a flat tire. Let me call her. You're the person that everybody calls if they need a hand up. So when you're looking at your energy, your emotional energy, your physical energy, when people are keeping on calling you, one, that's why you need to set boundaries. Two, that's why you need to have supportive people in your corner, authentic people who are looking out for you in your corner, in your inner circle and prioritizing self-care. Um, and a practical way for you to do this is put blocks in your calendar for self-care. Right? Saturday mornings. And so if someone tries to encroach on your time boundary, you say, oh, I already have an appointment. Even if your appointment is drinking my coffee from 7.30 to 8. If you do not want to be bothered between 7.30 and 8 o'clock, because you want to drink your coffee, you want to read your Bible, you want to do your devos, you know, you want to do your journaling, morning pages, right? Block off that time and you can use it as an excuse or, right? Because a lot of times as a supporter, you're out here 
people pleasing and well i could bend it a little i'm not really doing anything no girl you are spending time on you so that's why i put prioritizing self-care in the philanthropist section okay <sighs> oh, last but not least avoid over committing and i think i talked about this with the your schedule so that's why it's also important for you to put in those time blocks for you. You need to have your me time time blocks so that you're not over committing. Because if, if you look at your calendar and it looks like you have white space, you out of all the archetypes will schedule people in. Oh yeah, I guess I don't have anything going on now. I guess I could stay on the phone with you for two hours and help you process whatever you're going through. You have a business to run, right? You can't be spending two hours with somebody on the phone. Unless they're paying you, you're a coach, and that's part of your package, right? Your time is money. And that's why um, on the time wheel, time and money are on the opposite sides of the wheel. I need you to recognize that time for you is actually money. And that's how um, you're really going to manage your energy um, especially your emotional energy when it comes to being a supporter, a philanthropist. Last but not least, spiritual energy. And because the spiritual energy is really related to finding our purpose, staying in our purpose, um, the perfectionist is the one that I put in this category. Because... You could experience a spiritual energy drain for you as a perfectionist if what you're doing is not aligned with your values. Because as a perfectionist, right, you want everything to be perfect. So everything you're doing has to live up to a certain level of perfection. And perfectionism is not wrong, but we need to really manage our time and our energy so that we're not burning ourselves out. So for this archetype, clarifying your personal values is key. What are your personal values? Because you're good at everything and you make sure everything is good. So when you are looking at where you want to put your energy towards, right? clarifying your personal values up front is the way that you're going to make your decisions. So one, identify your core values and understand what truly matters, right? Because if you're over here um, perfecting, I don't know, something that doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things, right? you're like, oh, I'm perfecting my military corners on my bed. Are you having an inspection? Or are you just... You know, living out some childhood trauma. Like, oh my gosh, my mom is going to come in and check my bed, make sure everything's done, making sure I told the line. And that's why everything in your life has to be perfect because that was the expectation and the standard that you grew up with. So make sure that what you're spending your time and your energy on actually lines up with your personal values. What's important to you because what's running behind the scenes is everything that's important to your mom your dad and that's why you like you have to be perfect at everything 
And at the end of the day, if it's not really important to you, it's if it's not related to who you are, what your purpose is, like what God created you to do on this earth, then you shouldn't be wasting your time and your energy on those things. And to that fact, right, engaging in meaningful work, meaning when you're feeling disconnected from your work, when you're feeling, um, I'm just going through the motions. A lot of times this happens in corporate, but it can also happen in entrepreneurship. When you're losing touch with yourself, your business, everything that's going on around you, it's really time to go back to your values and make sure you're doing meaningful work. And I also have realistic goals here. I had it for the um, powerhouse, but I also have it here for you as a perfectionist because I wanted to bring back the 80-20 rule. I talked about it in the time episode. I'm also going to talk about it here. When you set too high of a standard for yourself, right, 100 out of zero, that's perfection, right? You got everything perfect, right? You can't get to the things that you need to get done. And your to-do list is a mile long and you want to check all of them off because at the end of the day, having everything checked off your list means you were perfect, right? It means you got your gold star. And it's okay if you apply the 80-20 rule. And this, this applies for when you're doing a project and it's only 80% perfect. Say you're creating a graphic and you're like, uh, it could be better, but it's good enough. And it's not like good enough, like kindergarten work. Oh my gosh, that looks like it was made by a five-year-old. No, but it's like, well, it's okay. Like, nobody, nobody's going to know <laughs> that meme that was going to. Who's going to know? Nobody's going to know. Really, nobody's going to know that you had an extra 20% left in you when you post it online. Right? People are going to scroll past it regardless if it's an 80% graphic or 100% graphic. Um, and even with client work, as a perfectionist, um, you don't like to take corners, right? You want to make sure every dot and every... Everything is checked. Not saying that you're going to do a crappy job, but just do the bare minimum to get it across. Especially if you're doing like first draft, second drafts, right? The person, like the person that you're doing the work for, if you are a service provider in that way, if you're a coach, it's different. But if you are a web developer, get it to 80% and send it off to the client. They're not going to think less of you because your standard is here. And even 80% is pro- it's an A-level for someone else looking at it. Let's just be honest, right? So sending it off at an 80%, especially when it's first, second draft. Yes, the final one, once you get feedback from your client, uh, then you can go all in and, and work hard on it. But you don't want to be perfecting something until you get feedback from the client. That's wasted time and energy. So 80-20 rule, guys. 80-20. And last but not least, we want to reflect and reconnect with ourselves. Again, making sure everything we're doing is aligning with our values. But the, for the perfectionist, similar to the um, popular archetype with a lot of ideas going through your head, for the perfectionist, it's a lot of, like, oh my God, did I do that? Did I, did I do that? Did I do that? There's always this thing running in the back of your mind, like, 
double checking, triple checking, making sure that you got everything. So kind of taking a chill, taking time to reflect and reconnect with yourself, making sure everything that you're doing aligns with your values is super important. And also practicing gratitude, right? We can be grateful for 80% work. Hey, repeat after me. I can be grateful to myself for producing 80% work. It's not an affirmation that you have to take on and repeat every day, but just know that in entrepreneurship, things run at a very fast pace. So trying to hit 100% on everything that you have going on is nearly impossible. Save the time, money, and energy and go for the 80-20. Talked about a lot of things on this episode. And just to recap, the um, powerhouse is physical. You guys are just driving so hard for success. Schedule some downtime. Rest is success. For the um, popular archetype, mental energy, find a place to capture your thoughts, get them out of your brain so your brain can relax, and then you execute from there, okay? Philanthropist, boundaries, 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 right? And make sure you articulate those boundaries clearly to your constituents so that you're not getting angry, you're not having this emotional energy pop up every time someone steps over those boundaries because honestly, you you didn't tell them. So you're getting angry for nothing. Not for nothing, but hey. Um, Spiritual energy for my perfectionist. Spiritual meaning connecting to your divine purpose, making sure that everything that you're doing is aligned with your personal values. You're not doing things that are that make you perfect in someone else's eyes. You are one, speaking to the camera now, you are perfect. You're perfectly and wonderfully made, just as you are, right? You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. You may have had in the past, but you don't have to do it now. Okay, so, PEMS, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, the time wheel, time, ideas, money, and energy. And the archetypes, a powerhouse, popular, philanthropist, perfectionist. All of these converge in my world, in the burnt out entrepreneur world. And if you want to learn more about that, go ahead. Take the burnt out, um, burnoutarchetypequiz.com. Go get your archetype. Find out about yourself. Because some of the things, if you're just listening to this podcast and you're wondering which one you are, the one that you probably gravitate to the most is yours or um, the one that um, you repel the most could be yours as well. But those are the changes that you need to make in your life to help avoid burnout. So thanks again for watching, listening, and thank you for being a part of the Burnt Out Entrepreneur family. I want to be here without you and I'll catch you on the flip.